You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. We're going to start. It doesn't matter. No, keep (laughs) this. Keep this. It's a long, long two, everybody, because it's been a long, long week. I hope everybody's warm. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Long Two. Oh, man. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camilla Stanthony podcast that occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing? (laughs) I'm okay, dude. Like <laughs> it is ditto. Very, very ditto. Yeah. Super same. Um, and it's kind of cool actually. Cause I think tonight Mello's starting. So yeah, I'd let's, let's that. get these long two vibes that we really haven't had in quite a while. You know who I feel like we need to start uh, welcoming into the long two club pretty reliably. Who's that? It's, uh, it's my boy, Jalen Brown. Because sure. Jalen Brown's like right at the free throw line jumper is automatic. The amount of players that you would trade him for keeps dwindling. It's it's basically Jason Tatum, and that's it. Like I would only trade Jalen Brown for Jason Tatum, and it's amazing that they're on the same team. Crazy, crazy how that happens. I I mean, the Celtics, even though they don't look like a finished product. They still seem like they have one of the brightest futures in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that finished product is going to be saucy when it happens. All right, let's talk basketball. Let's start as we always do with our biggest takeaways from the week where we share one thing we loved and hated Natty. What did you love this week? I loved some minutes. Let's talk Ooh. about minutes, Pete. Let's talk about we're talking about minutes. Cause you know, we not used hours. to right minutes. Not days. Not days. Talking about minutes. 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 <laughs> no uh, it's the, still the best press conference ever. Like, Have you watched? We're going on a tangent. Have you watched Ted Lasso? <laughs> no, I've heard it's good though. People Super keep good. telling me to watch it. Yes, I 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's like a very, it's a phenomenally done for a show based on an ad. Uh, and it is just, it's a very good, feel good show. Um, but there is, there is a, a locker room speech in that show that is directly ripped from the famous Allen Iverson ta- and impeccably, impeccably done. So awesome. anytime that's brought up, it makes me think of it. Anyways, you were talking about minutes. Uh and I should just say that I was I have been watching Letterkenny slowly, and that is also oh. a sports show and has really funny locker room speeches. 
Uh, so that's two good sports refs or we recommendations are, right there. We are 10 minutes into the show and uh, have avoided talking about basketball. I like it. So this pod used to harp on Mr. Tom Thibodeau and mm. all of the minutes that he would give to his players and how mm. it seemed like that was not great. So my love is two parts. The first one is not the Knicks. It's the other New York City team. Since the Harden trade, the Brooklyn Nets have been playing James Harden 40.340 decimal three minutes per game. That's nine games. Kevin Durant, who's coming back from a devastating injury, and even though he looks great, like maybe don't play him 39.8 minutes per game. And Kyrie, 38.2 minutes per game. Those are the three highest in 2021. They would be the three highest for the entire season. That seems unsustainable to me, even though I have loved watching that team play because it, you just don't see stuff like that since Kevin Durant was with the Warriors. So it's been a second seeing such high level offense and the defense can be so bad that it's amazing. And all all that matters is if the Nets get like two or three stops towards the end of the game, and then they can outscore you. So while the defense is atrocious, if it's targeted properly, it can win you the game. But the reason I love that is because Tibbs on the Knicks is only playing two players 30-plus minutes per game this year so far. Only two. Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Now, Orange Julius is third highest in the league for minutes per game for the season, 36.7. RJ Barrett is 11th at 35.8. But the fact that Fibs, Tibbs, however you say it, isn't Fibs. running every single one of his players into the ground is improvement. That's a it, good it thing. Feels like he's Five learning, years ago, Tibbs incredible. would, Mitchell Robinson would already be dead. <laughs> like This team would have been run into the fucking court. It's, it's really amazing to see two teams in the same town sort of learn the learn different lessons from what's come before. Like the Nets, first of all, the Nets don't need to win every game. I think they're playing these guys that much just to get them in rhythm with each other. It's still stupid. You absolutely should not be playing Kevin Durant that many minutes. You don't need to. It doesn't matter what seed you are in the playoffs. You will get to the playoffs. You really, really, really shouldn't be doing that. And then the Knicks, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad that you brought up the Nets just because I do feel like I wanted to talk. I do, like, we should spend some some minutes talking about the fact that, thank you, thank you. It's by the day. Layup, high efficiency, love it. (laughs) Uh the fact that Kevin Durant has come back from a torn Achilles and has looked just as good. Mm. Like that is absolutely incredible. We talked about it when we were doing preview shows and we were talking about like, what can you expect from guys like KD and Steph and fantasy and just in general basketball. And I mean, I mean, both of them have played phenomenally this year, but Kevin Durant, like that he has surpassed all my wildest expectations for him, given what he suffered, which is like an Achilles injury is, is basic is is a career altering injury still like this is the first time where i feel like the achille injury has not affected a player or like made them lose a step and maybe it's because durant isn't 
his game doesn't rely on his like uh, athleticism, which is crazy as that sounds. Uh, whereas right, guys but- like like um, like Boogie, who towards Achilles, like mm-hmm. Boogie, obviously that game, his game it relies more on being just like a f- crazy specimen of of athletic profile. But Kevin Durant has just been absolutely phenomenal this year and i just i want to give him credit for that because it's it's amazing what he's come back from two people in the national basketball association are currently averaging over 30 points per game they're both in the east by the way fuck you west (laughs) mr bradley kind of a big deal is kind of wants to stay on the wizards i don't like this bradley yeah, but Stockholm like four 4D chess it. No one on the team matters but him. Like trade all yeah, of those trade, wings. Trade, what do you care? Of, what the fuck right. do you care about those people? They're just get rid, yeah. get rid of everyone and, and put a team around him. Okay, continue. Sorry. The other one is I think is Kevin Durant. Kevin. Oh, it is good, good. Okay. I was just curious. I didn't know where you were making this point. Like, not even Dame. Dame's at 29.1. So Durant. It's not even that he came back and looks 90% of himself. It's not even that he came back and looks good. He came back and looks like he's maybe the best player in the NBA. Uh, Some of that is because LeBron isn't scoring like he could. You know, like LeBron could be points leader every year if he wanted to. He's he's trying to be all-around MVP, um, and he probably will. Durant looks incredible he is shooting 45 percent from three he has seven plus rebounds per game five plus dimes one plus blocks he's sensational like dirk when you're this tall and you're that good at shooting the basketball you can lose some athleticism but honestly he he looks like he, he did a couple of years so ago. good he so then he's why... averaging the most points per game like since uh, the 13 14 season, like he, the only other season that he's averaged over 30 points per game is twice 32, he averaged in 13 14, and then back in 09 10 for OKC, he averaged like it's and that was the year Westbrook was injured, right? Right, and then like Westbrook, this is what, what was, blows yeah. my mind about this, is and you're totally saying this right, is that like his game is such that I mean, he could just also. Basketball reference lists him at 6'10". Lol. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, he's so yeah. slight, though. Like, he, so or not slight, but, like, he's not, he's a legit seven-footer, but he doesn't look like he's built that way, and he sure. doesn't seem that tall. So that's maybe something to add to why he looks so good. Like, he's not putting as much pressure on his Achilles as Boogie does. Like, Boogie, mm. some nights can't jump. Yeah, which no, seems that's like super true. It doesn't seem great. Even though Not, God bless Boogie forever. I love him. Amen. Amen. But then also, like, why are you running him into the ground? Again, Mike D'Antoni's <laughs> on your team. Steve Nash, my man. Like, you just don't need to fucking win all these games. You know? I like how you, I like how your love for this week is complaining about minutes. It feels very, very well, good. Because, it feels like so, it should be a hate, maybe. Just, a lot of this is like subway <laughs> research on the phone tell while I'm getting ready. Job, and I'm like, but... you know, pissed off anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't even, oh, I know what my hate is. Um, but 
like seeing the dichotomy between Steve Nash, a guy who I thought would manage his yes. players' minutes, yes. and Tom Thibodeau, who I know doesn't <laughs> and wants to kill NBA players and just fucking erase them, just erode them down. Like he's learned and he's made, he's also with a franchise that doesn't care about winning right now. So it's like, let's not destroy some of these young knees. Yep. Meanwhile, like, why, why in the name of God did you just trade <laughs> all that shit for James Harden, a guy who is sturdy and doesn't miss games? And you're too injury, not prone, but like they've gone through injuries in the past. You should be protecting them. Like let James Harden play 10 more minutes than both those guys. Yeah. I don't understand, dude. Like it's just pure genius and you shouldn't question it and just let it happen. You just don't know. But again, Steve Nash, maybe he wants his players to get into a rhythm. So, and it's really hard to, lose a game in the fourth quarter when you want to win it. Like it's tough for a coach yeah. to pull someone to when pull, you know you can right. win. To, to yeah. monitor minutes when, when the game is close and but every I, Nets game is, is a fucking heart attack. But it, I, I think this is crazy. Like Harden yeah. playing, who cares? He's fat anyway and he needs the work, but there's, I, I, like I just don't think Harden. that there's a good, re- yeah, it, it is it kind works. of fun to watch. It play. works, man. Like, I don't know how it yeah. does, but it works. It's like watching fat pitchers, you know, it's like CC Sabathia. Like, I know you're an athlete technically, (laughs) but Uh, Jesus, but yeah. Anyway, I just love the fact that uh, a future team, you know, composed of really smart players are playing their players way too many minutes per game, in my opinion. And Tibbs is maybe learning his lesson and the Knicks look interesting. They do. Let's uh, let's keep talking about big, bulky players because my love for this week is uh, in a in the day and age of spreading the floor and shooting from the perimeter. I am in love with the Zion Williamson paint domination. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. Uh, and the thing is, is that like when I I just and it's it's basically it's more of just Zion's just Zion Williamson being Zion Williamson like. His dribble drives, his off the catch, his handles always just blow my mind for a guy his size. Like he just, he just regularly is doing shit that shouldn't be able. They a six foot six guy who weighs like two eighty shouldn't be able to do. Uh, this past week, twenty four points per game, sixty three percent shooting on seventeen, uh, fifty shot attempts, sixty percent from three too. The guy is shooting almost two threes per game. Like the, sit down, Giannis. Here comes Zion. I. <laughs> What I love though is I love the fact that basically he is being who he is, which is this like in transition, bully in the paint, uh, big physical guy who who's not doing all of his work through the, through uh, you know post scoring, but is just I am lo- loving watching him play. I'm loving to watch him develop, and I feel like people had these expectations for Zion when he came into the league that he was going to be you know, a LeBron, a a guy who single-handedly carries the Pelicans or like averages whatever, 28 per, like, I don't even know what the expectations were to the point, but it feels like he's now kind of been slept on or just people have moved on from him as crazy as that sounds. Um, But he's averaging 23 a game, seven boards, seven and a half boards. 
you know, like he's, he's playing super well. And I wanted to give him, I wanted to give the young man some love and respect for, uh, for playing old school basketball amidst the three point revolution while still taking, you know, a couple threes a game this last week. Hoovering offensive boards. Like he's playing on a team that doesn't really know what it is right now and seems like it's on the cusp of changing itself. Mm. And I feel like that's a pretty confusing spot to be as a young player. Um, Like the Pelicans don't look good. They they have a shitty defense. Zion. Zion's defense has a lot to be a lot to want. Right. But he's six minutes old. And even though he was a good defensive player coming in the NBA learning curve for defense is pretty steep and it takes a while also everything's been weird since he came into the league like there hasn't been a single moment in his nba career that wasn't strange (laughs) right and and the thing too is, is that like the big plays that zion made at duke like you know his absurd blocks and all that shit i feel like those were just reactionary right he see ball go get ball and you're right in the nba like you have to get there's a lot more moving parts and there's a lot more and those moving parts are all much better than they, you know, are in, in college. And so I think it'll take him a couple of years to get acclimated to the speed or to just what defense is in the NBA. And then I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing him more regularly make those absurd blocks. Maybe he does start averaging, you know, two plus stocks per game uh, because he's already got the steals down. I mean, he's averaged one and a half, you know, one and some change steals, uh, per game this season. So I think the defense could come I and mean, he just at times looks completely lost, which is fair. I mean, like you said, he's what, 20 years old. I mean, and, and you're totally right. Hasn't played a normal NBA season in his career. Uh, but I wanted to, wanted to give him some love for, for uh, just being, being so much or just like uh, so good for what his body type looks like. And and somehow people, I feel, I just feel like people have like already kind of moved on to the next thing and not are, are not loving him for what he is. He came or into wanting, the league wanting him to be something else. They, everyone said that he was a generational player and you know, there were even people being like, well, damn Luca or Zion. <laughs> and the thing is Luca is absolutely a generational player. Zion could get there. Right. So for Zion, like when he seems like when his feet are just stuck on the floor and he just doesn't know where to move on defense, you can sort of see like there's too, he's trying to remember too much, you know, there's, it's just not, he's not in the flow of the defense yet. And, you know, that's a Stan Van Gundy team to a certain extent. It's being young to a certain extent. Um, there's also not a lot of guys that are like him in the NBA. So like matchups are a little bit weird, you know, like I can guard one through five, I think as Zion, but does that really translate into the NBA? Especially when you don't know how to defend properly yet. Like a lot of it is just gut instinct, but he's really, really, really good his buddy Brandon Ingram is really, really, really good. I think everybody else on that team is disposable. And I do think that like we both wanted them to get into the playoffs before the season. 
we were both pretty excited about the team. I still think that this is a team that may not make the playoffs, but could make a trade to get a better player. If that makes sense. I, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, before we do hates, where would you rank the duo of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram in terms of like best young pairs? Well, the, I mean, Celtics immediately come to mind. I'd rather be the Celtics. Right. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are one. I would say Embiid and Simmons are two. We're sex land on this list. <laughs> sex land. Sex land is one a, sorry, excuse me. Okay. Sex and <laughs> sex land. One a Tatum Brown, one B Embiid Simmons two. And I feel like Zion and Ingram is three. Cause Chris Stapps has not been what Chris Stapps was in New York to pair with Luca and you know, John ja Morant, Jaron Jackson has looked good. Like John ja Morant still needs a, a elite going buddy. Jokic, Jamal Murray hasn't been bubble Jamal Murray. Shocker. Could have told you that much. There's so, so much ceiling with Zion and Ingram. Like I think yeah. both of those guys have the potential to be MVP candidates. So like young tandem, but it's also funny because like, I don't feel like we think of Booker and Aiton on Phoenix mm. as a tandem. Mm. That's not and a bad one. I, but you know, like I, it's sort of for the same reason that I don't feel like Luca and Kristaps are really a tandem. You know, it's like you guys, tandems are dudes that, in, that are in the same space on the floor to a certain, you know, it's like your sure. backcourt sure, or sure, your sure. wings. Yeah, it's tough to be a tandem with a center. I think centers are usually better as a complementary piece or as the focal point. So, like right. Philly, are Simmons yeah. and Embiid a tandem? No one knows yet. But I'll tell you this: when they fucking play the Lakers, you'd like to have Simmons and Embiid because True. almost no other tandem or duo right. in the NBA can actually fucking defend both those guys at once. Yeah, that that is true. All right, let's move on to hates for the week. Uh, I, I want to hear what your hate is since it wasn't the fact that you hated minutes. <laughs> Dude, Dame being hurt now? Oh. Like, what is this? This, is this just... fucking franchise is so fucking snake bit. I'm really, here's their starting five for tonight, by the way. Oh, Gary Trent oh. Jr., Rodney Hood, Carmelo, Robert Bob Covington, and Ennis Cantor. That's their starting five. They're a team that's supposed to be threatening for the conference finals. They're uh, five and five over their last 10. They are last in points in the paint. The trailblazers are, they have the second worst defensive rating in the entire NBA. It's wizards blazers, then the Kings and the Kings have been playing better, but they still have no defense, but everyone's healthy. They can play their players. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are bottom 10 in net rating. They have their 2021 draft pick top 14 protected. That was in, that was what they traded to Houston for Covington. Dame's only 30. CJ is 29. They're currently in the seventh seed, like trying as hard as they can. If CJ is out for a while, do you really want to ask Dame to fucking pull this team, th this Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, Mello, Rocco, and his Cantor team? Because Nurk is at, like, everybody's fucking Everyone's injured. Everyone's injured. Everyone's injured. Do you just start selling pieces? 
I think you do. Like, I I don't expect Dame to be a guy who sits when he can play, but there's almost no fucking reason to push it this year, I think. Like, that's how good the Lakers look. That's how good some of the other teams could be with just one more trade. I think it's pretty tough for the Blazers to make a significant trade if they don't make the playoffs and they're in the lottery and they're top 14, they get to keep their pick in a good draft. This is a good draft. So if you sell some pieces, maybe you get two picks, maybe you save some money. Maybe you can, you know, sign an actual real complimentary player who won't get hurt five minutes into the season, which is unfair to the big men, but like this just keeps happening. They're so fucking snake bit Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like this is a year you shouldn't push it. And I don't want to say tank, but it's also like if CJ's not coming back for a while, do you need to tank? You're just going to well, keep if dropping, you look at right? The th- if you look at the right, if you look at the three teams behind them currently, Spurs, Warriors, Rockets. Fact. Like, all Fact. Of those guys are playing good basketball. The Warriors By are By the way, God really- bless you for saying Rockets. It's like, yeah, they're going in too. Hey, they're Fuck good. Yes. Absolutely, they're and they're fun to watch. Yes, I love this Rockets <laughs> team. I love this Rockets team. Yeah, so like, it's not as, it's, I think you're totally right that it's not even like go tanking. It's just like sell off one piece, make one trade so that your team is just a little bit worse, fall out of the playoffs, keep keep your draft, like keep your draft pick and then come back and toy. Cause you're totally right. The Lakers, the Lakers look great. I mean, the top of the West, the jazz Clippers, Lakers, the jazz are 16 and five. So yeah, they're nine and one over their last. They they look like, sensational right they now. They look stupid good, um, and and it's not to say that like well, there's no point. You know why bother trying? Like that's I mean, you always want to, but I think you're totally right. This this franchise has dealt with so many injuries, and they keep trying to run it back with those players, hoping that they stay healthy. And I think this has got to be the year where you just put the nail in the coffin and you say, okay, we're going, we're going to. You bring Dame in. You're like, hey, Dame. We're uh, not going to tank, but we are going to sit this year out and you get your stats, you go ball out and, you know, keep everyone happy and, and, and moving this team forward on the back end. We are going to quietly fall out of the playoffs. We're going to have a plan for this off season. We're going to retool this team. We are going to come back with giving you viable pieces so that, we can make a real push, uh, push in, in 20, what, 2022. And yeah, I agree. I mean, that. you might not even need to have the conversation because, okay, Portland, they're the seventh seed right now. They're 11 and nine. San Antonio is the eighth seed. They're 12 and 10. Golden State is 11 and 10. Houston is 10 and 10. Sacramento, with the worst defense in the history of the galaxy, is 10 and 11. <laughs> the OKC Thunder, who are tanking, have a better fucking record than the New Orleans Pelicans and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are not. And the and Dallas Mavericks. Dallas. Oh, Dallas. God. Exactly. Oh, so Dallas. It's not that hard to see crushing. Golden State and Dallas ascend and start winning more games and getting into the playoffs. I mean, there's there's something to be said for always trying as hard as you can, which is sort of the Blazers' motto. I mean, they go to the playoffs every year. And they're always undercounted. They're all, and they always surprise. Right. 
at, at a certain point, you just have to be like, we can't push you anymore. Like CJ played with a broken back in the bubble. That wasn't Ugh. that long ago, you know? Right. Like there's reasons to be wary because this season piggybacked onto last season is so strange. Yeah. Yep. And I, totally. I, I just like, there's no fucking way that Portland's backcourt can beat the Lakers front right. court. Right. So it, it, as they're presently constituted. So you, you have to either make a big ass trade, which doesn't really seem likely and get everyone healthy at the same time, which doesn't seem likely or yeah, maybe not try as hard as you possibly could. Totally fair. Um, all right. And I'm, I'm doing a you natty. You, you loved minutes, but you love to hate on him. My hate for this week is a love hate situation. I hate courtside Karen, but damn it. Did I not <laughs> love seeing courtside Karen just get eviscerated by LeBron? Uh, that was, that was a joy to watch courtside Karen wear a goddamn mask. First of all, uh, second of all, the, the, the number of details that have just come out are just wonderful in my book. The fact that LeBron LeBron's quote was like, what did he basically he was like, Oh, I, I thought that was her dad until she started saying her husband. No, oh, I didn't know that. And it's like, Oh, savagery, savagery, LeBron. Uh, I, I, Loved how much I hated, or I hated how much I loved courtside Karen. There you go. As a Pistons fan, I would like to make a PSA. Don't fuck with professional athletes, <laughs> especially while they're working and are on television. Like Also, there's... the fact that, like, what are you, you're going to fuck up LeBron? You? Well, okay. As a guy who's had a drink once or twice in his life, sometimes you make bad decisions when you've had a few, but fan interaction has been missing from basketball yes. for a while. Yes. And the fact that this is like the first big story of fan interaction coming back is not great. Um, or it's also kind of great, but yes, it's not well, great. Oh, to it's tabloid. Great though. You yes. know, it's oh, like yes. for the, for the like massive, uh, 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 you know, what am I trying to say? Just reality show drama that the NBA is. It's phenomenal. It's great content. It's also a pretty good reminder that you can be the best basketball player in the world, make mm. all the money, just be bigger than life, and people will still talk shit to you, maybe be racist, and all of the shit that we were talking about and that the NBA was talking about and that people were marching for last summer is still around. And if you pay enough money, you can go talk shit to a guy that you have absolutely no reason to talk shit to. Like, there's I think the, the said, very idea that you would boo LeBron, like not, oh, oh my God. I think yeah, he just said, I think he said, what did he say? He said, steroid, you steroid fucker or something like that. <laughs> LeBron's like, funny, by the way. Right, I'm looking like, forward so to Space true. Jam too. He's funny. Oh my God, it's so true. And then, oh, it's just, and then people dug up, Oh, there's just old Instagrams of the guy he was at. He was, I mean, he's LeBron's been living rent free in this guy's head for a while now. There's like old pictures of him in the calves in this guy sitting courtside. It's just, oh, you're totally right. You're totally right. Fan player interaction has been something that has been missing from this, this season, obviously due to COVID. And while a lot of the time 
during the action, you know, when, when, when fans are in the NBA or in stadiums and, and can watch like often the interactions you hear about aren't always the most positive, particularly if someone's playing in uh, Salt Lake city. Um, but you, but, but this was just, I think that was what it was for me is why it like resonated so much is it's just like, God, this is something that I totally missed. And I didn't even know I needed it in my life. And then it happened. And I, was like, okay, first of all, safety precautions, wear a goddamn mask. Second of all, <laughs> this is absolutely glorious. And it's beautiful to me that this 100-pound woman is cussing out 270-pound LeBron James. <laughs> Dude, <and laughs> because he called her because he called her 60-year-old husband jacked up on steroids. It oh, is man. it's so weird. Like boo from the cheap seats like i do you know like <laughs> where no one can hear you yeah shit. what are you doing like you can see them you can hear them they you can hear you what's going on why are you being right, rude exactly. to people they they can understand you they they are close enough to hear you, especially when there's no one else in the stadium like <laughs> yeah which is nuts talking. that's so it's crazy you talking though. and like the bright side of fan inter- like it was I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm a Pistons fan, but it's always so cool or it was always so cool when teams would come to the garden and Spike was there and they'd yeah. like come and, you know, Spike was so happy to see them and they were so honored to be seen with him. And there are favorites in every arena, you know, uh, athletes giving their jerseys to kids, totally. all that cool stuff, you know, in football too. And so, yeah, it sucks not being, as close to the athletes as we used to be, uh, especially because just being in an arena or at a stadium is just so exciting, yeah. but like you can't just as a front office, like you can't, you can't have like fan interaction being a negative, <laughs> like right off the, like it, it, the next time this happens, they should just be like, fuck these people. We're not having any fans within <laughs> hailing distance of the players. Uh, and then Which and then just tough. just taking it taking to Instagram to talk about how you got kicked out of the game because you because of you called said you'd fuck up LeBron. Do, also like LeBron, like every single person in the universe is on his side. Like he's yeah. at work. What's wrong with you? There's he's no not a one. comedian and you're, and it's an early season game. This isn't, you know, like jockeying for playoff position in three months. There's no one, there's no one who watched, who watched that and was like, man, I feel for that woman. And if you did PSA, second PSA of the podcast, if you did watch that and you're like, man, I feel for courtside Karen. Uh, take a long look in the mirror. Just don't spend a lot of money to go be a shithead to somebody else while they're working or at wiser, wiser, or just generally. Yeah. Just if I spent a lot of money money. on something, I would be like the most polite, well, man, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. Look at how much fucking money I spent to be here. I'm not going to be a shithead about it. I'm not at a hockey game 30 fucking thousand feet in the goddamn sky, you know, yelling sim sim you know, like there's the closer you are, the more polite you should be, I think. 100%. Or yes. if you're going to talk shit, don't be crazy about it. Or yeah, be creative. Be creative. Yeah. Like, you know, have something witty or clever, you know. Say like, "Hey LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan's a better actor than you. There you go. Sure. 
good or good, you know uh, be faux positive i always like doing you know right like, great game oh good oh, pass LeBron, good shot oh there. man nice hairline what a and lovely this, fucking demeanor this is of course also coming from wasn't it who was it the calves who like someone on the bench celebrated or no it was like someone in the front office sitting on courtside celebrated too hard so then lebron just decided to what it wasn't the calves who are they just playing oh and he sank the three right in their face oh where he just yeah all of a sudden didn't just like put up 20 points in a row yeah i forget it's just like could be points leader every fucking (laughs) year if he wanted to like there's people forgot about braun it's crazy with him don't fuck it's, with him. He's getting the MVP this year. Yeah, he Man. is. He is. Oh, but having said that, like your Utah love, I they I can't believe how good they look. I really can't. I'm so impressed. It's it's, it's crazy. All right. Now it's time for the Jan Vesley favorite stat line of the week. Named in honor to Wizards great Jan Vesley, who back in 2013 posted the stat line of four points, two rebounds, and six <laughs> fouls in eight minutes of play. I love how Natty laughs every time I say Wizards great Jan Vesley. It really gets really gets it. I mean, future Hall of Famer. It's incredible. It's incredible what he did for that franchise. Uh, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. This isn't a stat line from a player. This is just an NBA stat. Natty, uh, oh, cool. can you nice tell twist. me? Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell me in the last 25 NBA seasons, how many teams, when trailing by five plus points in the final ten seconds, what is the record of those teams in the last twenty-five NBA seasons? If a team is down five plus points in the final ten seconds, what's the record of those teams? Trick question. It's never happened. Um, they, I would say that, <laughs> teams in that position are nine and twenty-three thousand four hundred and ninety-eight. <laughs> That's... And we witnessed two games, two, the Blazers and Wizards both pulled off those kinds yeah. of comebacks this weekend, which was just absolutely insane. The that Blazers Wizards game, game. That Ooh. Wizards game, we'll get to that Wizards. The Blazers game was ridiculous. You had Dame getting the, the whatever, his jump ball and then corrals the weird jump ball. And of course he's Dame. He pulls up, hits the three, game winner. The Wizards game, this goes to just the sheer beauty that is the Brooklyn Nets, where it's like, I... This is the best kind of basketball because it is you score 40, not 149 and the other team scores 130, 130, whatever, 145. And it's just like down to the wire. The fact that you had Bradley Beal hit the three, Joe Harris black out and not know how to inbound a ball. And then Russell Westbrook drains the three for the win. Passing to Russell Westbrook. Pat, legit threw the ball to him. That is Russell Legit. Westbrook, who can't hit threes, getting Brains past it. on the perimeter, getting past two on the perimeter. And by the way, Beal's pull up, like that is Filthy. just stud. That's it's- that. I'm an alpha. Like fuck you. I'm pulling up. It it was an amazing seven second sequence. It it all happened insane. so quickly. It was incredible. And that game was stupid and silly and so much fun to watch. Um, inbounds passes, just as Kevin Love, are incredibly important and you should treat them as such. Yes. But also the very idea that Sergeant Russell mm. can't shoot threes did that and fucked him right on television, right in front of everybody after such an awesome game was... Beyond, like I jumped out 
out of my seat. It was nine and twenty three thousand four hundred and ninety five. That's mind blowing. Uh, What's your stat of the week? My stat of the week. I'm going positive. Okay. I was happy to watch Al Horford have a great game last Mm. week. So he's 34 years old. Uh, One week ago against Phoenix, he had 21 points, 11 boards, two dimes, three steals, a block, and he was five for five from three. That is an Al Horford motherfucking game. That's what everybody has wanted over the past, what, five years? Um, He's on a team that isn't far out of the playoffs. (laughs) Like... OKC could make it with our boyfriends, Lou Dort and SGA. Um, I assumed Al Horford was going to be a trade target this year. And if he keeps playing like this, he absolutely will be. Yeah, I just think the NBA, like when he's good, like he and Gordon Hayward, it's amazing. Like they both went to Boston and neither, it didn't really work out. And, uh, you know, Horford. I'll push back. I'll push back on the on the on the uh, Horford in Boston. It didn't. Okay. Yes, maybe his his like stats weren't as great as they were in Atlanta, <laughs> but the defense that he like he was the fundamental part. That 16, He's, 17, yeah. 17, 18 Boston Celtics. He was the fundamental part of that defense, and he was phenomenal uh, on the defensive side of the, of the game for us in that sense. So I. I totally, I mean, the Gordon Hayward, 100%. And we talked about this, you know, before the season started, that Hayward Hayward going to Charlotte felt like an opportunity for him to, like, reestablish himself as, kind of reestablish his game now that he was, like, the unquestioned number one guy in a, on a team. And it certainly has happened. I mean, he's looked great yeah. in Charlotte. Um, and But I, I am always, always happy when Al Horford appears on the show. He's just such a good basketball player, and uh, it's awesome to see someone come back after he's, you know, the the Philly signing was such a tragedy. Yeah, just yeah. didn't make sense when it happened, and then people tried to put, including myself, tried to put a, you know, sunny disposition on it, and it was, I he'd lost that time in his NBA career. He really did. Mm-hmm. That turned out to be just an awful, awful, awful signing. Um, but the NBA is better when he's good and he's 34, you know, like that's a dude, like, would you rather have him or Chris Stops if you're Luca? It's a sad, but real question. If you're OKC, would you like to have Chris Stops? just out of curiosity? I think OKC, you're not on a timeline to win. So I feel like you could take the Kristaps and be like, okay, let's see if if he is, if he does return to his unicorn status, we can bask in that. And I feel like the Mavericks are in that weird position where they had all these expectations and clearly things are not going according to them. Uh, and Kristaps and was supposed to be like the the piece that helped get them over the hump. I'm surprised when you were talking about Tibbs and the Knicks, the Knicks won that trade. Can we say that? Well, okay. Let's let's that? hold on here. Can we so say won that trade? The Porzingis trade. If the Mavs continue to be in the lower tier of the West by record, then the Knicks will end up having won that trade several years later. However, that does not fucking mean that they won that trade. They never should have made that trade. If they end up getting a good pick out of it, it is by sheer chance 
it, none of the people that were there that made that trade are still there. They like they're going to get credit for something that they should not be getting credit for. It's a sad thing that Kristaps isn't, you know, gelling with Luca as well as we all hoped that they would. But also, like, chill out, man. We haven't even – it's not early, but it's the first third of the season. The Mavericks have a lot of time to get back into the playoffs. They are, let's see, one, two, two games out of the playoffs. So, chill out. <laughs> I like the slow count. One, two. Just wanted to make sure, you know, it, like, the Mavericks, it's tough for them to make any kind of trade unless they trade Kristaps, which – totally could happen but they're also they're definitely going to be a playoff team whether it's in the nine or the ten spot that doesn't matter they can win a team against whatever of these other shitty teams are there if luca goes off in any one game he can win that game that is the power of luca that's why he's a generational talent zion hopefully gets there eventually just to bring it all back but like well done thank you or no actually you're welcome you're welcome pete uh, all right. Well, we've got lots more to talk about before we move on. Let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we are back. Let's turn our attention to next week. And let's start by talking favorite waiver wire ads for your fantasy basketball team. And I will start us off. I got two guys to talk about. First, Bobby Portis. Putting up numbers in limited minutes. Sure talk, is. About, talk about your favorite thing in the world, Maddie, this week. Minutes on the season, 11.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1.3 threes per game. Nice. 1.3 stocks in 21 minutes. And then this last week, this last week, he's been balling out. Only still averaging 20 minutes, but 16.7 points, 7.7 boards, 2.7 threes, and 2.4 stocks. I have him in one of my leagues, and I have been very much enjoying this recent little surge that he has had. Uh, he looks good. He's been outplaying uh, Brolo, your boy, uh, this, this last week. So I think those minutes could increase, and even if those minutes don't increase, he's been super efficient with them, and uh, that is that is great for your fantasy team. He has been valuable, which is really weird to me because when I think of Bobby Portis, I think of him getting into a fight and <laughs> punching what's his face. I forget who he got into a fight with, but you know, it's like one of those Bulls players that just sort of evaporated, disappeared. Yeah. But the Bucks need him. So it's he's he's not a player that you want to have to depend on too much, but he is a player 
that you can depend on just enough, if that makes sense. It's like, here's yep. your role. Here's what you get to do with your minutes when these players are out on the floor. Uh, you know, do what you have to do. Do what we know you can do. He's, I mean, a dude that you would definitely trade, but he's also been super useful. So this is a very nice season for him so far. It's been nice to see. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, who's a top waiver target for you this week? I am going to go with Mr. TJ McConnell, who scored all of two points the other night, I believe, and is only 13% nice. rostered. But in the year of our Lord 2021, he is averaging 6.7 assists per game, which is the same as Kyle Lowry. He is a dude that you don't even need to stream. You can pick him up for his dimes. Um, the Pacers have, you know, gone through some personnel this year and TJ seems to be the main distributor on the team now until everybody gets healthy or until they make another trade, which they totally could do. Uh, but I mean, he had 12 dimes the other night. That's like what Rondo used to give you. You're not getting points. You're probably maybe getting a double digit point game from him once a month or something like that. But 12 assists is 12 assists. Oh yeah. You can't teach that. Yeah. And especially with, with those streaming spots, we've talked about this before guys who you're just kind of like throwing on your team for maybe a week or some change. Like if they are exceptional in a stat category, that that's, an, yeah. that's going to get you points. Like that's what you, for that's sure. all you need. All you need. You don't need someone to come in and, and be phenomenal across in every stat category. Uh, but if they're exceptional in one stat category, still fancy viable. Now when Marcus Smart I, went down. TJ was the dude I picked up right away and have nice. not regretted it. There you go. Now I say that you you know you you can't find guys great in all stat categories on the waiver wire, but then I just say that Natty so that I look like a true savior and a true you know man of the people when I say my second guy you should be adding off waivers. Thaddeus Young, mm. low key. Last four games, 14 points, eight rebounds, mm. seven and a half assists, and 2.8 stocks. That is production in every major category for you. It is. It is. You the dimes. Love, like, love to that's... see that. Now, the dimes are hella inflated because he, he had 11 assists like a couple games ago. So, Dude, can't teach that. A fucker that. that dishes out 11 assists in a game is a dude that can do it again. That you, you cannot just reject that out of hand it's impressive but you know you know he's going to get you points he's going to get you boards he's going to get you steals uh and occasionally he's going to give you massive assist production like i thaddeus young i feel like as we talk about like players who could get moved at the deadline if thaddeus keeps playing like this he's always kind of a low-key underrated veteran kind of player who i feel like could be a really good championship piece and so i wouldn't be surprised if there's some some buzz about him if he's going to continue to average almost like a triple double he also has a really ancient sounding name which i totally appreciate yeah right i played basketball in the ancient roman republic it's totally cool (laughs) um Another dude that's been delivering is Jeff Green, you know, like a guy that mm-hmm. is constantly moving teams and seen as a complimentary player and as an affordable salary. Um, I still don't know what to make of Thad's team. 
Like, I can't tell if he's making the most of his opportunities or if actually something has changed and he's really good with this personnel. I think that is maybe a question that the front office has to, like, maybe you want to keep him, actually, depending on what you would get back if it's less valuable. Uh, I, I, like, I just don't know what that team is. I don't really have... I, I mean, I hate them, obviously, go Pistons. But, like, what do you think of that team overall? I mean, what, they're 8-12. and 12. I feel like the biggest, if we're thinking of biggest pieces that need to be moved on this team, it's Laurie Markkinen. I just He's think shooting he better. He's doing he better. Yeah. I just think I mean, he needs I, a change of scenery. Like, the guy needs agree. to yeah. just go to a different team and, and see what, see what that has for him. And maybe that frees up time for Thaddeus young to start. Maybe that puts Thaddeus in. He he's one of these players too, where you just, you have to use either his full name or just his first name. You can't just be like young. Totally. Please. Thaddeus. Um, maybe that puts him in the starting lineup. If he keeps kind of playing with playing these good numbers, which again, terrific for fantasy. Uh, yeah. This team is this, this team feels like like a worse Portland where you're going to be fine. Like you are going to be as you're going to go as far as Zach Levine can carry you. But the question is, is like, do you want to run Zach Levine into the ground when there's not actually a really good team around him? Um, now you can't really control that. So the question is, I, I feel like the bulls, I feel like the, what the bulls should do is trade away marketing or players who maybe aren't their future but aren't like eight veterans because i think you want to keep that veteran present around especially if you're going to try to contend in the east i think it's selling off pieces to get to basically exchange uh the young talent on the team if that makes sense so I agree that I think marketing would be better off somewhere else, but then you look around and you're like, well, who needs a dude like him that, I mean, he's not going to win defensive player of the year. Who needs a big outside dude that you're going to have to pay that can't defend in the play. I mean, there are other people that you would rather have i think and the contenders like the actual contenders like marketing like denver doesn't need marketing you know um dallas i guess but that's just christops again isn't it well what about uh, what about like uh golden state pairing with james wiseman and draymond so you're sending Kelly Oubre? Sure, get rid of Kelly yeah. Oubre and, send, and send, Wiggins. Send. I don't give a shit about that. That's fine. Although Wiggins has been Wiggins? doing better, and yeah, Wiggins has been playing some defense yeah. this year. He's sure. I mean, he's Wiggins he's a plays- good or a util. He's a he's a useful wing player. <laughs> it's just he's, like he's, he's needed to find like his niche. Proven, he's proven throughout his career that he plays to the level of the talent around him. Absolutely. And so, like, being in a good, healthy environment of Golden State has certainly, he has played up to that. And that is very good to see. I think that the Clippers need a point guard or a distributor, someone who, Lonzo. like, Arjax is, sure, yeah. And that gets him back in LA. I mean, that's, I'm totally fine with that. I think that would be great. Uh, but I think, you know, Kobe White, do you really care? 
Yeah. If you're the Bulls, yeah. like he's not some fucking generational talent. Like there's, I, I do think that there are, but he's not a distributor really. Like there's, there's a reason that the Clippers don't want to trade Sweet Lou. And it's because he can do things during the regular season that almost nobody else can off the bench. But it doesn't work in the playoffs. And you fucking need a starting point guard who can score, even though Pat Bev is a boyfriend and we love him. And he's great. Well, you love him. I hate Pat Bev. Okay, fair enough. Um, (laughs) He just sees a wannabe Marcus Smart, let's be honest here. But then it's also like, who... Who would Zach Levine really pair well with if you were going mm-hmm. to trade him or try to trade for a guy to put in tandem with him? I don't know. It's it's such an island of misfit toys in Chicago, and I I just don't have a handle on that team at all. Yeah, like it's, no, I totally I totally agree. Which is why you should jump on Thaddeus Young. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because strangely, like he seems safer than some of right. the other players on that team right now. Do you have uh, another waiver target? Uh, yeah, I have a couple just reminders. Uh, Norm Powell, he's 37% rostered. He's been averaging 20 plus points per game over the last five games. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. There's nobody else on Portland. There's they no keep one fucking else dropping. <laughs> he's 35% owned. He's been shooting 42% from three in this year on seven plus three point attempts per game. Derek white is back for the Spurs. Mm. He's a rosterable player. He's only 24% owned right yep. now. Um, he'll be playing more and more minutes as he gets healthy. So those are just three guys you should keep your eye on. Derek White is a dude that should be rostered. Probably. Yes, Derek White is a great call, uh, especially because he he. Uh, let me is he is it? Am I thinking of him or Dejounte Murray? One of them gets you defense, and maybe I'm thinking of Dejounte. Murray. It's Dejounte yeah. who is my stud. Oh well, let's segue then. It is time for studs and duds, which both Natty and I pick one player who we think will perform above average in fantasy this coming week and one who will underperform. All right, we finally have scores for the first time this season, only uh five weeks late. We are working on it. (laughs) Everyone calm down. Uh, this is really from two weeks ago, but the records are still valid. Now Natty is starting the year one and one. Thanks to Chris stops, uh, struggle, bussing it up in Dallas. And yours truly is starting a perfect two and Oh, nice job. Thank Applause. you. Thank you. How's your fantasy crowd, team? The crowd goes wild. Um, in our <laughs> league, not great, which is fucking mind blowing because it's I Jason still Tatum weird. And Kevin Durant, it's still, it blows your my whole mind. team's good. Your it whole team my, is good. It blows my mind that this team that this team is like one in four right now. Not Yoke a fan. Tatum is like Don Mitch is on your team. Miles Ugh. Turner is on your team. How am I, I one I, in yeah, four? Yeah, I don't now? get it. I really How am I one ty- in four? yo Halliburton. This whole team, fucking, it's fucking bam, incredible. Joe Harris. I mean, this is what happens when we're like on a dear listener. How many points did FEV give you the other day? He got me a hundred. He got me a hundred plus points. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, FEV. I should have given. He should have been my love for the week. Given him lots of love. That no one's ever done that before. Who went undrafted? I think it's like he's. It's so cool, Toronto. His story is amazing. Oh, he's so cool. I love that guy. Jesus. All right, give me your give me your stud. So your stud for the week is DeJounta Murray. It is. Uh, and I'm doing that even though he strangely has a rough schedule upcoming, but I think he's going to outperform on the defensive stats. Nice. So 
the Spurs play Golden State twice, Atlanta and Charlotte. Now you might think, oh, that's a bunch of easy teams he can score on. He's averaging 14 points per game, seven rebounds, five dishes and a steal for the season. But Golden State, Atlanta and Charlotte all have better defenses than you think. They're all better than they're all in the top 15, I believe. Um, DeJounte is long and just a terror on defense. And I think that that's going to play well against the backcourts of Golden State, Atlanta, and Charlotte. Atlanta, especially because they're a little bit undersized. Yep. Golden State, because they get to play them twice. So it won't be like a surprise when they play them the second time. Uh, LaMelo, if he's still starting for Charlotte when they play, that's going to be an interesting matchup to me. Like, I'm definitely going to watch that game because. Lamelo, sorry, Lamb Ball versus Dejounte. I <laughs> that's two young studs at the point. I think yeah. that uh, we could see them battling over the next ten years, maybe. Yep, I like that call. Uh, my stud for this week, even though he's currently sitting out with a calf strain, but I'm trusting that oh. Ben Simmons will be healthy and will play next week. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm talking like Ben Simmons is going to give you some regular twenty and tens. This week, he, the Sixers play the Kings, the Trailblazers, and the Suns. So, wow, go That's go nice. have go feast Ben Simmons. And I'm sorry, I'm saying this because this is this is the like Ben Simmons. If you don't feast during this lineup, uh, then you're dead to me. So I see, I see. Giving, so this is I'm, a Celtics fan being like, you have one more chance. You have one more. Like if you can't average, like you are, if you are a whatever top. 15 player in this league right now top 10 player if you are a fundamental cornerstone of a of a building franchise and you can't average 20 and 10 against the kings trailblazers and Suns, then what are we doing here i like that yeah thank you thank you who's your dud for the week my dud is a center who has to go up against this Ooh. he plays joker deandre ayton Rudy Gobert and Al Horford. That's tough sledding. Brolo, even though I love you, I think you're going to have a rough week and uh, underperform compared to your stat line so far. Yep. That seems like a good, especially since he's already kind of playing not super, super well. Um, Dude, it's young season. He doesn't need to play hard. Shut your face. You know, (laughs) just don't talk about my man. I like I like how the young season excuse is is used for players who you like, and then other players, it's like, well, you know, we're already a yeah, quarter we're of a third through. of the way. Yeah, the season's almost over. The season's basically <laughs> over. Sorry, guys, gotta clean your shit up. Uh, all right, my dud for the week is Tyler Hero of mm. the uh, Miami Heat. I, I also don't like Duncan Robinson, but that's not as sexy as a name. Go blue, uh, shut up. <laughs> They're playing the Knicks, Rockets, and Jazz, all of whom are top 10 in fewest points, lowest field goal percentage, and three-point percentage per game to opposing teams. Dude, what is, Houston what is absurd... having that defense. Is... Right, that's what I was just going to say. Wow. Like, the Jazz, we know the Jazz is good at defense, but the fact that the Knicks and Rockets are, like, top 10 in defense this year, you got to love it, man. Gotta so Paul it. Silas isn't going to win Coach of the Year, but he should get some votes because oh. – He's doing yeah. such an incredible job with Houston. It's really awesome. It's great. I love it. I love I, it. I, I hope Rockets fans are enjoying this. And it's like, cause you just How could lost. You, not? 
Yeah, well, you lost your dude. I mean, yeah, that but, sucks. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I'm of the weird mindset, though, where it's like I also – like some of my favorite Celtics teams were the, you know, Isaiah Thomas with nobody team. Sure. And Brad sure. Stevens just coaching, like having to coach it all up. And you're like, wow, this team is so young and or so scrappy and a bunch of no-namers. I love it. And, I mean, the Rockets don't have no-namers. Let the record show. you got John Wall. you got Victor Oladipo. you got Christian Wood. But you've got these guys who've been kind of cast-offs around the league, and now they're all like – and Boogie. And they're all like uh, flexing together. And I would – I mean, I would be – I am obsessed, am obsessed with this Rockets team. Teams have given up on all of those players. Like yeah. all of these players are considered not in the top tier anymore. Um, it's a fun team to watch. It's it really is. I love it. All right, finally, wrap us up, Natty, with one thing you're looking forward to this coming week. I am looking forward to the continuing domination of Mr. Lou Dort, who mm. is currently the 152nd Dort. on the player Raider. Terrible. Uh, I, but Luke N. Stort is a cool name anyway. That's He sounds like a Werner Herzog film. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of him this year. Kevin O'Connor did a nice video on him on The Ringer. He's an exceptional defensive player, and if the scoring is real, then he's going to be one of the best two-way players in the NBA. It, he's one of the reasons why Oklahoma City has a better record than we thought they would. This is sort of, you know, out of left field, but only 21 players are doing what he's doing this year in terms of these stats. 11-plus points per game, 3-plus rebounds, 5-plus three-point attempts per game on 37% shooting two plus free throw attempts at 78% shooting. That seems like small potatoes, but if that's the floor for a young player and only 21 yeah. other dudes are doing it, like that's a really good spot to be in. He's getting a lot of leash, obviously, because OKC doesn't care this year, but they're definitely better than several other teams that did care, that did want to make the playoffs, that do look like they're the worst teams in the league. Um I also have my eye on four teams coming up. Ooh. Minnesota and Orlando are both two and eight in their last 10. Dallas and Miami are both three and seven. That's rough. Orlando and Minnesota, we both thought like we were skeptical of Orlando's fast start and we didn't think that Minnesota's defense or configuration would actually do that well in the loaded West. But Dallas and Miami being this tough is a little bit surprising. So yeah. I am looking forward to both Miami and Dallas bouncing back and having good weeks. And I'm also looking forward to Minnesota and Orlando losing more games. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, I'm going to take this in a non-basketball direction, Addy. I... I'm looking forward to episodes four and uh, five and six of WandaVision because that show is legit. I am obsessed nice. with it. And because Disney's worried about leaked scripts, they're now releasing f episodes five and six, like in the simultaneously, which uh, is a joy to me. Uh, if you have not watched it, I highly recommend it. I have thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Uh, both those actors are just awesome. Yes. And, um, the shit cat dennings and uh yes the fbi agent whose name i forget like i want a show of those two 
Like yep. the doctor and the agent, just send them everywhere. They're so funny together. Uh, yeah, that's a really good show. Um, the Expanse was ended their season this week, and that show was awesome as well. Yes, uh, Agent Jimmy Woo is the the character name. Jimmy Woo, dude, the fact that he like practiced magic in between the Ant Man film and this, like when Love he it. gives her, yeah, those little details are so nice. He's so funny. That guy's great. Randall Park. Give him him some love. All right. Well, there you go. That's all we got for you this week. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the long two podcast. We will be back at you next week. Until then, Natty, stay healthy, my friend. Uh, Pete, it's the third quarter and the Blazers are up on Philly by three points without Damer CJ. Have a great week. There's part of me that loves that. There's part of me that's like trailblazers, except defeat. (laughs) But after you stick it to the Sixers and just win this game. Absolutely. Hopefully Mello is. And then accept defeat. Yeah.